Yeah, all right, whatever. Come down. Okay, I'm Noel Jansen. I'm Meg Jansen. I'm Eliza Jansen. And welcome to Twin Picks. Sorry about Eliza. What the hell? Gosh, I love movies. Before we begin today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Meg and Anthony are now recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. And we also acknowledge the Gadigal of the Aora Nation as the traditional custodians of the place we now call Sydney, which is where I'm recording from. Hello and welcome to Twin Picks, the pop culture movie podcast where a pair of twins... And me. Discuss two movies that have some kind of similarity, uh, some weird little connection, and then we chat about which one does its job better and which one deserves the win. Um, As you could probably tell by Eliza's pained screams and what we discussed in last (laughs) week's Super Awesome episode, Eliza is still in quarantine in Sydney. How are we doing? Tell us about the whole... You know what? This episode is based around... Being so close, but so far, Eliza's one city away until she's back. We've really had to adapt (laughs) to doing the podcast with someone else away. It's been tricky. We've had our moments. And very soon, it's just going to be normal again. We won't need what's it called, clock tab up anymore. Mm, Yeah. All those things will be gone. We're so excited for Eliza to come home. Exactly. And when Uh, we can have like physical fights again about movies. Yeah. We can look at each other. I can point at you when I'm saying, I hate your opinion. Yeah. Noah will point and then you'll say, get your finger out of my face. You're bad. And then I'll come in, I'll say, well, guys, guys. Stop, we can't, we can't. And then, yeah. And then we go. Hands fly. Exactly. I win the, the physical fight, <laughs> as I always do. Indeed. You yeah. will bring you bring the raw yeah. brute force. Um, I'll be trying to, like, diplomatically break everything up, but I'll just be, like, overpowered. And, and, I'll just, like, and we all turn we on you like a pack of paint. We turn we get on the Anthony, gear, we throw yeah. down. We smash it, and then we look at him and we We're go, like, what are we doing? <laughs> We're related. We are to be one a big clan. Loser. He is the yeah. outsider. And, we and then we establish, yeah. like, a like a little... Commune. Um, <laughs> I was thinking more like dominance over Anthony. Like we are a little like sect. Yeah, unit. And actually we bond over bullying and him. And we bond over And it becomes our... a really toxic podcast because he's like, oh, like I and said I'd help And he continues them. to do our sound. But now I'm scared. But I do a lot of growing and I realise that like the most you'll ever like develop as a person is done under adversity. And yeah. when I eventually overcome it, it like will be my origin story. Rising from mm. the ashes. Yep. And you start to integrate um, messages, like hidden messages into the episode. <laughs> Through the episode. Help. Uh, it's like help. In all the show notes, it's like help, help, help. It's <laughs> like the Shawshank Redemption. Gosh, like- I love being rescued. From <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, this is elaborate. Wow, beautiful. Well, see, we need to get Eliza out of that room. Yeah. That's the deal. How We're are you finding crazy. it? How's the yeah. whole experience been? Because as you mentioned last week very briefly, like it's weird to be like, oh, no, how's quarantine? And it's like I've been in lockdown Eliza's for like a year. This, yeah. You're a pro. We have a very small memory here in Victoria. Like we have been let out <laughs> we're and now done. we're just like, I'm like what? what? Lockdown? What do you mean last her. year? What's yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in America, no one, no one is really in lockdown. Like some people have to be because they're immunocompromised or they don't want to die from coronavirus. <laughs> but most people are just out here doing their jobs and like back to going to clubs, going to restaurants. Like the, yeah. I mean, I'm not an authority on it, but uh, they they don't give a shit. Like you can just do whatever you want. It's just I haven't because I didn't want to get sick, and I got sick anyway. And she so. did get sick, and <laughs> you were also get. trying to like live for the greater good and like look out for other people, and no one looked out for you, and you got COVID. <laughs> so that sucks. But we're so happy yeah. that you still call Australia home. That you've come back to our mm. shores. Thank um, you. I have to say, welcome. like they give you a call every single day. Like it's been incredible. It's been like just astounding seeing the level of attention and like caution from the Australian government versus the US government where I actually had COVID <laughs> and they couldn't have cared less. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. whereas over That's here, they've so given, wild. like they, <laughs> yeah, they call you two times a day 
it's pretty perfunctory. Like, I don't know how effective it would be, but they just ask, mm. do you have any COVID symptoms and how's your mental health? And now I wonder, like, has screaming let me out, please help, at the start of this episode? Like, triggered <laughs> like, someone coming to check I on you? I kept on thinking, is someone going to... Surely gonna... they'd be like, well, you're not okay. And, <laughs> like, they're going to check on me or... Well, know. let's see. Keep recording. We'll, we'll find put it on the podcast. Like, no, I'm actually talking about. You don't Jody understand. Foster. It's a really funny joke. Like, yeah, <laughs> I did it for the internet. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, exactly. Out of solidarity with you and your plight, thank uh, you. In this room, we thought let's talk about two movies that are about being stuck in a room and the. Uh, you know, the effects that has on the mind and the claustrophobia. And we had a lot of talk- different options we were Wait, thinking the what? of. We did have a lot of options the claustrophobia. for this. Did you hear him? The- there was no hard L there. <laughs> if you guys listened to last week's oh episode, Noah said, Noah said claustrophobia last week. Said- and I said, that's a really hard L. And I honestly thought that you did not pronounce the L mm-hmm. because just then, if you want to skip back maybe 15 seconds, Noah said it how you would said naturally say You said claustrophobia. Some would argue that you caught the L you, in that I, situation. I, yes. <laughs> like you learned the correct pronunciation, and but so at that's what why cost? I heard it. Rephobia. And Anthony heard it too. And what, that's what how cost? <laughs> Let me there tell was no you, hard this... L. And this is why when we do actually throw down, I'm not going to be ganging up on Anthony. We yeah. are now an alliance, and you are the one that I'm coming after. Do <laughs> you want to see a hard L now? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> L. There you go. It doesn't right, well, read in an audio format, well. but I did a Smash Mouth esque shape of an L on my forehead. On your forehead. I really got her. Forehead. She's crying. I am crying. And she's not going to do very well this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Meg loses on the Me- podcast. Meg lost. Meg lost. Yeah. L for loser. L for lost. You got Megged for <laughs> the L first for time. Lost. <laughs> yes, I got Megged. Megs. Oh my god, we forgot to do Megs. Yeah. You had to you were the one who had to help us push Megs being a thing. No, that was like a through line of like the episode weeks. that we lost. Remember? That was in Ben and like Beckham. We will and, do it at some point. And that was like a really, we took like. It was so funny. Was that I was it. megging people because I was negging them. And then we lost the episode and now. So it's no different to negging. This means it's nothing just that you're to the listeners. It. Yeah, it just, it's because I'm doing it. And with a particular. It's trademark. Hostility. It's, it's, it's megging TM. Capital M. Yeah. Capital I guess M-T-M. your name always has a capital M. Well, yeah, like, it, it can be. Yes. So anyway, as. I was saying the claustrophobic, claustrophobic films we are doing set in a room are Panic Room and Room. So it's a room showdown between two rooms. But not the room. Not Not the the room. room. I actually realised that when we're doing it, like, obviously that was an option. But also in the room, I don't even know what the room is. They're not trapped in a room. I don't really remember the room. I think they can only just, like, afford one space so they yeah. called it the room so yeah room. i think that he's spoken about so it things. tommy wiseau and he said oh you know it all happens in the one room or whatever and it's like no it doesn't no it doesn't no, does it you happen? guys play no a lot of shops. games <laughs> yeah i don't even know what the room is apparently like, one don't. of the the big jokes is that there are like 18 establishing shots of san francisco <laughs> and they're like on the roof at points like seeing yeah. san, but it's like oh. really bad cgi and like why, why would you establish them right? in San Francisco if the point is that they're in one room? In a room. And, like, what does that do for the film that it's in San Francisco as well? So we're Anyway, we are not talking well, about the Well, there's a nice bit should... where they're running around in, like, Golden Gate Park <laughs> that's nice San Fran representation. That's, oh, that's it. True. That's yeah, true. That, that, it's done a lot for San, San Francisco, that movie. Good for them. Yes, so <laughs> we are doing – have you guys seen Panic Room and Room before, both of them? Yeah, I've seen both of them before. Yes. I think I have as well. Yeah. yeah, it was an interesting one. And both like mother and child stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mother and child I didn't realise that either. What the hell? That's so and true. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm yeah, keen. Right. Well, shall we start with uh, the first one to come out, which was Panic Room? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Panic Room is a 2002 thriller film directed by the one and only David Fincher. This was his follow-up to Fight Club. And it stars Jodie Foster and a young Kristen Stewart as a mother and daughter whose new house is invaded by burglars uh, and therefore they have to retreat and hide in 
the very high tech panic room that's been built into this incredible New York place, um, New York apartment, like very high tech brownstone panic room. Brownstone. It's amazing. It's fancy as hell. Um, and apparently I I hadn't realized this, but this is a big case of, uh, the lead actor coming into the film very late in the process because Mm. Nicole Kidman was the mother and had really hurt herself. And how um, did she hurt herself? I think on set, like just an on set. She injury. had like an arm oh. fracture or something from Moulin Rouge. Oh, oh from Moulin Rouge. There you go. I didn't realize that. Um, and it was they were really nervous about uh, Jodie Foster trying to get someone because there was a. Um, I'm trying to think what it was like a strike. You know that there's sometimes like hot, like um writers guild strikes and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. It was something like that that they were like literally no one will be available mm. for Jodie Foster was and I think Jodie Foster is incredible in this movie yeah but now you've just like outed her as like anti-union Se- second choice yeah so I, I don't we can't even, like I, Jodie I, I can't remember what the reason is yeah. but I'll look into that while you guys tell me what you thought about Panic Room what well riddle me thoughts? this I'd like to start at the outset oh, by damn. asking riddle me this why would they not just leave the Panic Room <laughs> Why did they not leave um, the panic room? They did at times. There was there was no point in which I thought throughout this movie it would not be better for them to leave the panic room. It was only at the point <laughs> where they had taken it too far by not leaving the panic room that Raul decided to shoot little cornrows and then I can see why it probably didn't make sense to leave the panic room. But that's like, yeah. Do you think that's it wasn't like a couple hours into the plot. When it got into the whole carbon monoxide business, I was like, Jody, this is Get negligent. Out, no, but isn't it Get at that point it's like they're going to kill you if you're in? Sure. Panic room. Why yeah, would they have that. killed them? They wouldn't have. Because they'd seen yeah, everything. They... they knew everything. They didn't mm. have masks on. I, I just don't Meg, see that that was the case because how, if it they was really the, humanized the the except for Raul, but they really humanized is it Lawrence Fishburne, Forrest Whitaker, oh Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker. No, and Forrest. um and sorry I always get them confused and Jared Leto and Jared Leto they were like Jared Leto was like the old dead yeah. guys like carer so obviously he has a bit yeah. of humanity and then um Forrest Whitaker is just like the security guide who. He like needs to make a buck, so mm. installed it. Yeah, well, I he, just couldn't he, he see. He built it, didn't he? he like, at any point, it. like when Jared Leto was holding up the sign, being like, "Oh, you know, women need to trust" or something, and he says, "Like, we'll like take care of you. Like, we won't hurt you or something." I was like, You're like "Yeah, I, I really you. don't think that they will." Interesting. Like, I just don't think they will. Like, a mm. burglar is one thing, killing these people who've just moved into this house, who are obviously really wealthy to afford this massive massive house hmm. like inappropriate yeah. for two people such a big house i think that's a great element of it actually i think yeah Is especially with all the fincher like um tracking how it traveled oh, the most that- gorgeous thing about this the, the main takeaway i had from this movie was just the idea of like it it's like quite a good case study of what incredible direction and like sense of style can do for a film because like whilst i do think it's quite an intelligent little script it's like I don't want to say it's too conventional of a home invasion thriller, but no, but it's, it comes he, from a tradition. Like, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's, it's Fincher a, trying to do Fincher his doing, of it's Fincher doing. I'm doing Hitchcock a single location home. thriller film, mm. and he brings yeah. so much style but it suits, to the film. It like suits his look, the way it that suits his like. It looks like CCTV, and it like green. atmospherically. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like atmospherically affects yeah, um, affects you. Like when you when you leave it, I love the sensibility with as you said. Like the camera moves in and out of this house with such a flowing sense of geography that like it's interesting that they are trapped in a room and everything they know of what's yes. going out there is on little TV screens, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a weird polarity of being like she like the Wikipedia. If this was randomly interesting. I went down a bit of a wormhole of like the polarity between being like we're safe in here and we mm. have all this technology and actually what ultimately saves them is when they get rid of the cameras and when they go like, I don't know, the more barriers and things we're putting up to try to give ourselves a sense of safety, the more we're actually just setting ourselves up for things for them mm. to like take down. You know what mm. I mean? Like kind of like, you know, the the old sentiment, like if – someone introduces a gun in act one of a play, you know, it's going to go off. Hmm. The second she sees the panic room, she's like, oh, I don't like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. almost like it has to, it has to be bring trouble and all these things have to bring trouble. And actually yeah. at the end of the day, what serves them is 
trying to figure it out for themselves or something. I, don't I know. think my mm. feeling was that at most points I thought that the decisions that Jodie Foster's character made were not like the right ones to make. And while she did eventually get herself to, like she Mm. she did cool shit, like the fire thing with the carbon oxide. She's pretty smart generally. Yeah, pretty smart. Like her character, like they're not positioning you to dislike her. But if I'm being instructed to celebrate this mum who's like a bit of a hero, I want to think that everything she did was completely necessary and I totally didn't. Like even when the police officer came and was like, oh, like, "Oh, blink if there's some, why, why, like blink if there's someone in the house. Why wouldn't she blink? They can't see her blinking on the screen. I actually found that kind of a nice counterpoint to a moment before that I'd initially not been like, oh, that's, I kind of knew it was going to do something like this, right? But she calls her ex-husband mm. who so essentially she's moved with Kristen Stewart because her, her husband was having an affair and has left her and it's um like almost like damsel in distress moment of like she gets the phone she only has like a second to call she gives up on the cops almost immediately and calls her ex-husband who comes and just gets the shit beat out of him mm. and again the sentiment mm. of being like the thing that ultimately gets her out of this is being like I have to stand on my own two feet I can do it myself Mm. means that she's sick of like outside forces or trying to look to other people to get her out of this and to start embracing the fact that like it's her house or something yeah that kind of rang true to me I just also found the scene of that was quite well written and really interesting it was like a nice change of flavor to the movie for essentially Mm. she as being described she's trying to like convince this cop that everything's fine because now her daughter is trapped in the panic room with the burglars and they mm. were like, if you tell anyone, if you if the cops come in here, we're going to kill her mm. kind of thing. Liz, sorry, I haven't um, given you a chance to speak yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, all these things? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I love that point, Noah, about saying like, you know, is having a panic room asking for it in some way, mm. like setting yourself up to be trapped in there? And I think Finch's filmmaking is like the way that he uses the camera against that really simple narrative. Like that's what makes it, right? The fact that a camera can float between walls and like zoom out and zoom in, it like makes you realise how limited even the thieves are, like but just how all bodies are in this house. It's like once you're in Mm. the room, it's hard to get out. Once you're out, it's hard to get in. But the camera Mm. is like this floating omnipotent force. Mm. That like makes the that movie doesn't so belong anywhere. Is yeah, it does make it's such a pleasure to watch. Yeah, as the audience being like, I know so much more about this house and where each of the people are. And like, yeah, know. I mean, they have the surveillance cameras, but I think that's like the real draw of the movie. And it's like it's very different for David Fincher. Like, I don't think anyone normally considers this to be like among his best movies. And like, it's sort of one mm. of the only really female-driven ones he has. So it's like a bit of an outlier for him. Yeah. But, I found that especially cool to watch, being like, the best thing about this is his direction of it to me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And again, I I think another week where I'm quite interested about the comparison between the two films in that, like, this movie feels like something elevated by cast and director, Mm. whereas Room is something where I'm like, thematically what it's dealing with is, and, like, the performances as well are, like, so stellar but... I actually think like I both times I've seen it, I don't think about it much when I leave because it doesn't oh. have like a stylistic mm. quality that's very memorable to me. See, I the agree. execution doesn't have an impact on you. Yeah, not really. But I, I just love the story of it, what it's about. But yeah. I would agree that this is like stylistically, it's quite like, you know, it makes for pleasurable viewing. Um, and Fincher makes some really cool, bold choices. I like that he's so attached to his style and that the style lends itself so well to the aesthetics of like the surveillance and the panic room and it's gritty and ugly. They're in this beautiful big house and the whole time you're never in that house feeling comfortable or Mm. in awe of it. You're just like freaking Mm. out about this. Like, yeah. Yeah, it it does and it it adds tension. It doesn't feel like just a blockbustery movie, but I think the bare bones of this movie does just do just feel like a blockbustery yeah. sort of soapy movie and I don't know that I agree that any performance like I was that I was that um impressed by any performance I wonder how much I just don't really like Jodie Foster like I find her oh. a little bit hammy like I find her a bit much a lot of the time 
she's not one of those people that I think is always a firm yes for me. Yeah. She's bad in some films, but yeah. I think, I I think wonder she's whether, a great yeah. actress. I would like it a lot more if it was Nicole Kidman. Like thinking about Nicole Kidman being cast I don't have much of an attachment well. to Nicole Kidman. I, I like think, Nicole um, Kidman. I Jodie like Foster her as a mother character. Really, mm. Don't you think Jodie Foster is a really good match for Kristen Stewart though? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, they're I, thought, good, I found it a, little a pleasure Yeah, seeing them act together and just thinking like this is so weird. Both of you guys have like kind of similar career trajectories. Like they both yeah. started acting really, really young. Really young. And then ultimately yeah. like came out as like queer, like yeah. kind of after the peak of their career and stuff. Like, And so much I found of their career peak was about like – them sort of trying to be turned into a celebrity, like female, yeah, and being seen as like, oh, she's model, so weird and androgynous, sort What's of this pulpy, about? <laughs> and it never really worked for anyone. Everyone's like, some people are like, oh, why are they like that, and then it comes out, no, like they're like alternative, they're against the green. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think you'd believe that Kristen Stewart is Jodie Foster's daughter. Yeah, definitely. Like you wouldn't buy her as Nicole Kidman's daughter. I don't no, think. I don't or think I would. I think it, you're that, right. that would have been interesting, but a different thing. Whereas in this, it I, been I bought that they were a mother and daughter. Yeah, mm. yeah. But then I guess it made me feel like there was less of the themes of like maternal instinct and nurturing care there. Like it, it, it's a less, um, definitely less like physically intimate, like they're not quite so cuddly or, you know, Jodie Foster's still really caring of Kristen Stewart as her mother, but I don't know that I really root for them as like a duo. I'm just kind of like, oh, I, like I want them to get out, but it's not like I felt very strongly Especially if, as you said, you, you don't believe the reason they have for staying in the room. I yeah, that and, well, it, yeah. and like when Kristen Stewart's like, because she's a diabetic, when she gets so sick mm. and like all that turned really quickly for me and I was kind of like, you know, even Jodie Foster trying to look for, um, you know, rummage through the supplies in the panic room to find like a way to get around um, Kristen Stewart's like blood sugar level dropping mm. or whatever, like – I don't know. At no point did I feel that compelled by her attempts to take care of Christian Stewart. I more just huh. felt like leave the panic room, like get out. Like mm-hmm. I just never felt that they had to don't be you feel like there, diabetes which is, is randomly like always a complication in action movies and thriller movies. Yeah, it always is. And I like, don't understand it at, at all. all. I really don't understand diabetes and I'm not for lack of trying. I've tried <laughs> to understand it so much. Honestly, any diabetic listeners that we have, I'm sorry. I want to know. And we I hope you really feel for you. This seems like a horrible condition. It's uh-huh. like, especially in action movies where they're in stuck in a panic room. It fucks people over all the time. Uh, Very true. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Like Conair, uh, there's always some character that desperately needs, like it's to add that ticking clock where it's like, we yeah. can't stay in here We all need day. juice. We need, we need blah, juice. Blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need juice. Yeah. Like in Greenland. Is that still Magnolias? Where they're like, yeah, she needs the, orange yeah. juice. Still Magnolias, <laughs> yes, with Dolly Parton. <laughs> Get her some orange juice. Yeah. Wow. No, I kind of, I, I, I kind of agree though, Meg, like to a large degree on the second watch, I was like, oh, just like blown away by the filmmaking, like the craftsmanship of it. But like was still like, I still feel like it's a pretty traditional version of this story. Mm. I definitely appreciate the dynamic between the burglars. I thought that was actually quite yeah. fully fleshed and interesting. I really like, liked Forrest Whitaker's character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and just all these different people. It has a very um, treasure of the Sierra Madre element to different people's mm-hmm. regard for money and the sense that like, the more neurotic one person is, the more they just fuck over everyone else mm. and stuff. And then someone being like, I'm doing this for the right reasons can still lose out on it because it's like there's no version of for the right reasons mm. in this circumstance. In this, like, in this, yeah. You either, you know, just the whole thing. Yeah. It's just a giant reflection for what it is to be like, I all I want is money is like, well, there's like a selling a soul to the devil element to that. Mm. The Forrest Whitaker grapples with the whole movie, this thing of being like, it feels like now for me to get what's inside the panic room, I have to cross lines. That and I how much am I willing to, to do that? Me. But exactly. I think that's probably as well why I felt like I didn't really root for Jodie Foster or Kristen Stewart that much. Like when she was like, get the fuck out of my house. I was like, you've been here for not even a night. Like it is your house. I know you paid for it. But like <laughs> you, you <laughs> made entitled to what's so in this safe. That. I don't know. I just didn't root for them. I rooted much more for Do you like think Forrest Whitaker and I Jared wanted him Leto. To keep, I was when so Jared sad. Leto was like, Leto. Yeah, Cornrows Leto. When even though he was an asshole, but Cornrows Leto was when funny he ass. like got burnt by the thing, when he explained that he'd been the care and stuff, I was like, yeah, like they don't deserve the money more than you. 
Like not that they that Jodie Foster <laughs> and Kristen Stewart didn't like deserved what happened to them. They totally didn't. But I was kind of like, you know what? You guys could have just like, you know, come to the house like a day later, and none of this would have happened. And Forrest Whitaker would have had money for his like oh your nice little family. Yeah, I am victim blaming. <laughs> God damn it, Jodie Foster. <laughs> Do you guys think? Making um, Forrest Whitaker and to some extent Jared Leto sympathetic and seeing them, seeing the thieves argue and like try to, you know, seeing seeing their side of the evening. Do you think it actually takes away from the tension? Yeah, totally. It made me. Of like, will the women survive this? Will the women survive this? Yeah, Mm. it made me feel like no matter what, they're probably not going to die. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker won't let that happen. That made him more of a hero in my eyes. And that is Mm. probably also what made me feel like the more that, um, Jodie Foster like railed against like it was in her they would sh- like Forrest Whitaker's character was trying to help her <laughs> like get get out of the panic room it's like not in your interest is how I really really felt mm. the whole way through and it's just such a but I bought the like other he, guy that I, Rao guy that Rao, like this wild yeah. card where it's like the there's something card, we don't know about this guy I feel like he's willing to do anything like yeah I, that that's all true but I guess I just felt like it, it was like a it was a it was a hurdle that I could not get past once I had thought that Throughout the whole movie, like the viewing. So you just hate women. And you yeah, just, I really just, just I, see my okay. position is like, I really don't like women at all. And I think like women should suffer. And so that was like a hard <laughs> and like, hurdle. As to if get in this past. circumstance, they'd get through this without a guy. Like, yeah, what the like hell? what the hell? Like she Ridiculous. thought they would survive, but she's a woman. Um, no. No, 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 I just so felt it's like. Sci-fi? What? Cool <laughs> <laughs> fantasy uh, filmmaking, very cool. Yeah, I guess like my whole viewing experience, I know I'm going in really hard, but the viewing experience was just inflected with that from the outset. So I just didn't have the best that. time watching this movie. Oh, there you go. As much as An I appreciate not, the style. Not good time. Wasn't into it. Damn. Yeah. Liz, Damn. how about you? I th- uh, yeah, I think I'm a bit more forgiving of it. Like, um, yeah, I would so. definitely not choose to watch this over something maybe more audacious like fight club like yeah the, the other stuff that fincher makes that is more it has more scope and it maybe is a bit more subversive and has a bit more to say um but like like we've been saying like you know just as an exercise in filmmaking in single location stuff as as a thriller like in his really meticulous style i would say like it's worth watching yeah. It's not not worth watching. I'm just, I, agree. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about rooms so I can yeah. air out my. Hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree. Let's talk about room. <laughs> All righty, Rue. So Room is a 2015 drama film directed by Lenny Abrahamson. Uh, it's based on uh, the two ta- 2010 novel, uh, which is written by Emma Donoghue, who also wrote the screenplay for this movie, which uh, we always love to see. Mm. Um, and it's the really incredible hook story, one of those real stories like the actual hook plot of this movie is really interesting. Uh, it's about Brie Larson, who is a uh, like young, pretty young woman who has been held captive for seven years in essentially what you find out is like the garden shed of her kidnapper, this guy. Uh, And it's just her and her son who is like, so I think it would have been two years into being, you know, consistently abused. Yeah, he's five. So it would have been two years. She would have had him two years into her captivity. And this boy has been born into room. Um, But what really distinguishes the film from a lot of kind of like captive stories or like locked in one location stories is it's really more so about like what happens when you leave After, room. Yeah. What is it to have known what the world could be than have that robbed from you from one perspective? And then what is it when your entire world is just this room, it is one tiny room and then you discover the whole world outside. Um, I adore this film. I actually really loved revisiting it. And what really stuck out to me this time is how like – gorgeously written Brie Larson's character is as a mother who is trying to get through every day in a, in this room and also is like responsible for her child's mental well-being in a space where like, like what quality of life can they have? Like the whole element of the movie kind of being her being like, I had to, lie to you that this was all the world was so that we could survive for long Mm. enough that when you're older, I could tell you 
it's all this is this whole world out there and we need to escape. Like mm-hmm. she kind of, you know, the movie is hoping like now that you're old enough, I need to tell you like we need to get out of here and you you can now help me do that. And I just love there's so many gorgeous moments where he will be so reactive or volatile about something in the room and you see her exhaustion but also her coming to turn, like you can see her reminding herself like he doesn't know how's mm. he supposed to know and like a boy is not supposed to be five years old and never have left this room like the traumatic condition like just the idea of a mother trying to like govern and like in every moment mediate with her child and never getting a single second away from them mm. Ugh, it was really like felt very authentic to watch yeah mm, mm. I think one of the things I really like about this adaptation is how faithful it was to the perspective of the book like mm. it's all told have you read the book yeah yeah and cool. really good book um and like the movie um Jack's perspective you know even how how it is um established at the outset of the novel and also in the film is that there are weird points, like points in the language that they use inside of the room that make you realise like, wait, why are they here? Like they call, they they refer to the room as just room and mm. everything that they say about it treats it almost as this separate entity within their yeah. lives. And mm, it's not a room. It is just it's room. the only room he's ever known. And then it's the room. language <laughs> continues yeah. throughout and it is fleshed out in this really interesting way in the book. And because that's such a point, like that is a, um, you know, that's a mechanism that's very specific to like the written word. Like it's not that easy to do yeah. that. Hmm. It, it comes across in the film, but it only True. does so because it. I think it's very emphasised and I'm hmm. glad that they do that, that that wasn't done away with in the process of adapting it. That's super true, um, yeah. I actually feel really differently that, about it. Oh, really? What do you think, Eliza? So you finished. Did you have something else to say about the book? No, the I was just going to say I think um, – so I I do think that as the film goes on, it does slip away from that a little bit. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I really like knowing, like a moment that I really liked watching it again last night was when Joy is looking at a photo of her track or her relay team and she goes to Jack, yeah. she's like, oh, like, do you know what happened to these girls? Like that's Laura Sullivan, that's this girl, that's that girl. She's like, do you know what happened to them? And he's like, what? And she's like, nothing. Like exactly. Like we don't need mm-hmm. to know about them because nothing happened to them. Their lives went on as that was supposed to. Yeah, and they she's all frustrated. Yeah. And that's when you feel like the passing of time and like that's really nice and something that I don't know, I don't remember getting from the book as much. So I was glad yeah, the movie nice. did do that. But what do you think, Eliza? It's interesting. Um. I actually felt that the movie was really missing the best thing about the book that you're saying where like in the book, the big selling point of the book, I remember, like the reason I read it was because the whole thing is written from this five-year-old's perspective. Mm. And because it's a character that thinks their world is like, you know, (laughs) five meters by five meters or whatever, like you spend so long in that character's perspective. Mm. And then once they leave room, you get to see our world through that little imprisoned child's eyes. Mm. Whereas in a movie, once they leave the room, like we know what the outside world looks like in a movie. So it like has this bland normalising effect of the story to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say even like even just in the medium of film, because film is a plastic art, it can only take things that exist and Mm. reconfigure them and like make them malleable and change it into a story for us. Whereas fiction and words, um, it's all you have to put in the work to create the vision of it all mentally yeah. by yourself. Like words like you're exist not and then with you maneuver things. them. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah. So watching it yeah. as a movie, I think you completely lose the Jacob Tremblay's character's perspective. Like it's all in voiceover, which mm. like is I feel like you lose that whole POV. That is yeah, it's easy to do it book. when it is. It's not that it doesn't happen though, but it probably is definitely not so obvious and it's not like it doesn't accomplish like in the it book. as much as in the book. Like in the, but little moments and there were the moments that sat with me, like that I sat with the most, like when, um, when Jack first escapes the room and he yeah. is wiggling out of the rug not, and he sees the sky for the first, for the first time, time and he is like, Hmm. his expression is like the most moving thing ever 
It's like, imagine, uh, you know, even him adjusting to the light of it, he's so in awe because he just didn't know. That still comes across. It's it's hard because it's like the best element of the thing, of the story, is the idea of like, imagine if, the ent- everything that you like that everyone listening right now, like everything that you know about the world, ev- all of those things. Imagine if you didn't discover that over time, you found it all out like at once. Like I wrote down, like it literally, you could kind of get the sensation of like a wave of knowledge hitting you mm. so instantly. Like Jacob Tremblay is so fucking gorgeous in this movie. Like every single thing he sees, mm. it's just like, new knowledge Mm. and it made me literally jealous that like obviously not of the circumstances that he's in but I was like it would be amazing to be able to like wipe your memory one day and then go outside like I was jealous of the experience of discovering the world for the first time oh my god no no. to the degree (laughs) no that I was like I bet it would be better to read a book describing well, the, I'll tell you that. what it's like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Experiencing the world for the first time. I mean, time. yeah, and it's such a different perspective to his mom who almost, mm. like, coming out changes her for the worst in some ways, for yeah. the worst. Like, it makes her feel bitter and really angry about the stuff that she's missed out on and the fact that her life has moved on without her, like her mom has remarried and stuff and that oh, her dad can't accept her kid her son, because it's yeah. her rapist child. Yeah. Like, God, that would suck so much. <laughs> yeah, mm. and I think as well, like, I don't know. I think maybe if the decision was to separate the perspectives more um, distinctly, like if the first half was like how, you know, little Jack interprets the room and the second half was how Joy interprets the world, like it would feel less because I think if you went, if you consistently stuck with Jack's perspective the whole way through, you wouldn't have, which the book does still have, but the movie I think emphasized a little bit more Joy's grappling with the experience of grief and loss of her youth and being forced into this motherhood role and being, you know, interrogated on primetime TV about why she didn't get Jack to escape sooner and like all Mm. these things, like that stuff. And, you know, it, it, this movie is separate from Panic Room in the sense that it doesn't just exist inside of Room itself. Like th- so much of it, the whole second half, and it's over a much longer period of time as well. It's yeah. like presumably yeah. like months and months, months right? and months, and it's mm. them um, coming back into the world. And that is—it's it, not just about being captive. It's about, or you know, it's not just about being physically captive. It's about being captive, like after the fact, the lingering effects of Absolutely. their captivity on them. The one to me, like that character element that's the most like poignant in this that really resonated with me this time is the idea that like the very dynamic that served them and helped them survive in room is what cripples them mm. on the outside. Like Just being like, like, yeah, we're fine. We're completely like independent as long as I have him yeah. and as long as I protect him then that's all that matters and I have purpose or something. And then they leave the room and now actually that dynamic is what like exhausts her mm. because she's spent every day of this child's like, life with him. Me? Yeah. He can't get away from her. He's entirely dependent on her and she has lost all sense of self aside from him that the thing that like saves them both is her being by herself and being like, I need to take care of myself and him discovering that there's life outside of her. Yeah, like making him, a little friend Aaron. Oh, my God. When he says, I love with you. with Seamus the dog oh. and saying, I love you, and When grandma. he says, I love you, grandma. Oh, my God. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> he is like, do you think Jacob Tremblay is actually like a robot put together in like some Hollywood basement to just be the most yeah, cute and talented it's like really child cool. actor? What else is he in? Did you guys see Dr. Sleep? He was in Good Boys that we oh, covered. Oh, Good Boys. Did you guys see Dr. Sleep? No. In Dr. Sleep, oh, he God. gets savagely The onset story of him in Dr. Sleep. Gr- and it's so grim. In an onsen. He's like weeping and crying he's like as it's horribly happening. crying it's and like he's getting unbearable. his little soul suck- sucked out by like a pack of like these oh my God. smoke vampire dudes. It's Jacob. so sad. It's actually really grim. <laughs> Vape vampire. You can tell they're like, if but we're going to let you kill a kid in this movie, it has to be the famous kid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mike Flanagan told some story about, like, j- after filming that scene, Jacob Tremblay, like, got up and, like, went to the craft table and, like, high-fived his dad and his agent and stuff. <laughs> and, like, all the adult <laughs> cast was, like, traumatised and, like, didn't want to look he's at like, him yes. after what they had to do to him. <laughs> he's like, he's like I did it! <laughs> oh, my God, this kid oh, has been in so, so much yeah, he's wonder. Actually, 
Oh my god. I, I have to the say, Book of Henry. Wonder. Oh, he's in Book of Henry. I'm not a Wonder fan. Uh, I, I haven't seen. <laughs> Noah, I always thought you'd be a huge Wonder fan. I'm all about Wonder. I actually like, Wonder really Ed. hated Wonder. I really didn't like it. Yeah. It's been in everything. It's also the kind Jesus. of people thing that movie that a lot of people love. Wonder. Like, oh, you have to see it. It's so inspiring. Like, I think no, Wonder I like and Room have the same kind of annoying appeal they to do. me. Where I know what you mean. It's almost I'll... like because the premise is so based in tragedy and sort of based in like real events that have happened, like Joseph Fritzl or like any number mm. of like evil captors. Like because you can say, oh, this is like a fiction movie about that. Like people can pin all of their sentimental feelings about those real stories on this fake one. Yeah, like, but I have oh, to be honest, I'm so guilty of doing like, that. This didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, last night, though. You fell like, for it anyway. I was crying and Luke was watching it with me and he's yeah. like, why are you crying? This is fake. I was like, no, this has happened to people. Like, people have been, like, held captive and, Do you guys and not even always, then they lost yeah. all this time and stuff. And he's like, okay. It's obviously what human trafficking <laughs> like, is. But don't you always think about the fact of, like, movies where it's about the thing of someone trapped in a room and they're like, oh, my God, will anyone come and find us? I'm like, there's... Probably like hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, in that I don't want to think about it. The but it's human that, like, trafficking. So yeah. really I always think about that when people talk about Madeline McCann. I remember one time someone said to me, "Oh, she's been human trafficked. She absolutely has been." But the only reason that people care, like this, happens to kids yeah, all, all over the, the world. She was mm. just a British kid that it happened to, and that makes me sick to my stomach. Chilling, yeah. Wow, this is a really good note to end on. Again, that Taken movie was not that good, <laughs> but like the sentiment, some of the action's fine, but like the fear of what that is is very real. I'm just being like being thrown into this world of human trafficking fucking chills me. Horrible. But yeah, she, her entire, in that very way, her entire basis function in life just becomes about helping someone else survive. Mm -hmm. And then she comes Mm -hmm. out and it's like, Oh, she had a whole life. She had this whole family. So all these things. Um, Should we compare the pics? Do we want to compare? I'm ready. You ready, Liz? Yeah. Let's do it, man. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, now it's time to compare the pics. We got two rooms. One of them is full of panic. The other one uh, is has full a cute child in it. Of Jacob, um, Jacob, a cute Sass. little kid <laughs> and a really bad looking birthday cake. What room <laughs> did we enjoy more? What are our thoughts? What do we think about the contrasting we talked about with one of these things being? very stylistically and craftsmanship-wise, very potent, whereas the other one having actually like a lot to work with thematically and character-wise, but possibly the fact that it is a film being the thing that holds it back because the book allowed it to really tap into the full potential of that, which is the opposite of Panic Room. See, I think think Panic Room is a little bit in, like for me as someone on the podcast – Panic Room is <laughs> sort of disadvantaged by the fact that I would always lean towards a movie that is like thematically really strong and deep and sad and it's going to make me cry. Like I love to cry. I love to cry. So <laughs> I was always going to lean a little bit towards Room and then the things that bugged me about Panic Room bugged me so much so that it affected the whole viewing experience because it felt like little plot holes I could just poke at like a little scab. I was just picking away at it. And so even the moments that I did really, really like, like I really loved the establishing throughout the house, like the geography, geography, sorry, of it. I really liked Forrest Whitaker's character. I really liked some of the decisions they made, like, you know, Jodie Foster's character's um, decision to like light the carbon monoxide thing on fire. Mm. Like that quick, those quick thinking moments were cool. Um, the tension with the police officer arriving and her knowing oh, yeah. that she can't. Yeah, that's all cool. Even the fact that even though it's a little bit um, it's a little bit outdated and like pitting women against women, but the fact that she tries, Jodie Foster tries to call her husband and his mistress slash new girlfriend oh, yeah. picks up and she's like, get off the phone. And like, I need voiced to by to Nicole him. Kidman. Oh, 
really? Oh, really? Oh, that's How cool. cute is that? That's so cute. That's They're like, so we're still funny. Learning it. I did not know that. Um, but, you know, the fact that they did that, like all those moments I actually really did like. And I didn't have like the worst time watching this. I had a pretty good time watching it, but I'm not going to watch it again. And I would definitely watch Room again. I was just more moved by it. I think because as well I do like the book and I like the book better than the movie, but um, because I do really like the book and I also really like what Brie Larson did with this movie and what did in this movie. Sorry, and Jacob so Tremblay did this. this movie. Because what I love, not that there can't be young mothers, but I feel like usually, you know, you get a movie where it's like, and the mother is played by so-and-so and it's some actress where I'm like, you do not, even just like your, the energy and aura you have is not, like a young mother I'm supposed to believe that you're like for yeah. example like I'm, I mean, wo- I'm woman in her 30s that- and then you have this kid that we're acting like that's like a normal but you're like really young whereas the point of this movie is it's this idea of like a 17 year old girl was kidnapped mm. and uh, like sexually abused and raped and it's therefore a young mother when they didn't think they were going to be that feels like she, I don't know, I just, Brie Larson is so present in this character, like mm. all great acting being mm. like I see the person's personality in it. She's so good in it. Like mm. it's really, I'm just like, oh, you are like so authentically responding mm. inside this, which I think a big part of we should mention is that she's always been very open about the fact that she, part of the reason why she wanted to tell the story is because she has some mm. sort of circumstance with sexual assault mm. or, um, you know, like related issues in that way, which made it like all the more disgusting and like mm-hmm. so impressive the way she dealt with it that she, I whoever wins Best like- Actress has to offer the Best Actor Award at the Oscars the next year. So the next oh, year yeah. right, she yeah. had to give Casey Affleck his best actor for Manchester by the Sea, literally being faced with like, As allegations were swirling about him. <laughs> absolutely, like horrible allegations. And you can see as she gives it to him, he, she is, he is like clearly avoiding eye contact with her and mm. she's glaring at him. It's mm. very intense. Everyone <laughs> should look it up. I was going to say as well, she um, wrote and produced, I think, I don't know if she produced it. She was instrumental in writing Short Term 12, which is kind of one of her big breakout roles. So it's like I think she has a vested interest in being in projects that are sort of about kids coming of age in a really volatile Volatile place. Volatile environment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to, sorry, like a bit as well honourably mention because I think it was a moment that really stuck with me that I had forgot to mention before. doesn't really fit into what we're talking about. Oh, it kind of does. But the moment when Brie Larson is speaking with her mum and they're sort of fighting and she's saying, I'm sorry, I'm not good anymore, but you always taught me to be nice and maybe if I if you didn't tell me that yeah. I would have tried to be so nice to the man with the sick dog and yeah. all of that. If I hadn't heard your voice in my head saying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that totally. felt so authentic. Like I think you're right. It was her, like her choices in that movie and her reactions are like really her awesome. reactions. Her reactions are so good. I, oh, you know, it's a bit that made me feel so much rage in the movie and I think in the book. Yeah. You know, when they're abductor in room, mm. oh, Nick. she's I having like a big fight be. with him or whatever because he's an evil rapist. And he says, yeah, well, guess what? Like, I just lost my job. So, like, I might have to just kill you and your son or, like, I won't be able to care for you guys anymore. Yeah, yeah. And like, he's like, you should be you grateful. Trick. You can't even kidnap us, right? Like, you suck, dude. You're not even good at this. Just like, all that air of the thing so of, like, angry. yeah, like, like, oh, you should be grateful. It's like, you're so ungrateful for everything. But it's like, oh. Do you wish you saw him being delusional. punished for his crimes? Isn't it one of the more interesting things about the movie that truly it asserts so constantly it's not about him yeah like yeah i think even to indulge it yeah to indulge it to any degree is yeah Mm. i find that quite an interesting part of it i should say i with you guys about to make your picks please really pitch it because in this very moment as i'm talking i don't know what i'm gonna pick (gasps) because as i watch room i definitely enjoyed because I have the weird thing now of being like, I know that what Room is is like a shadow of what the book, because I haven't read the book, but like mm. of what the book could be. Don't think about the book. Don't think about like the book. Like the idea of the movie. You don't have to think about that. You don't have to. I know, but I just do have the element of being like, I know what you mean, well, Elizabeth. It's, it's, it's the, the kind of movie the that's just like, yeah. it's a kind of movie that's just like, yeah, this is what this kind of movie looks like, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it has that. Yeah. 
And Noah, you said before the execution of of it, especially compared to a fucking David Fincher movie. I think Room, you don't get that much sense of like a directorial vision. Like this guy, Leonard Aronson, I haven't really seen a movie of his that I thought was especially great or distinct. Like, I definitely am not as impressed by this as a film. Yeah, especially because I I really come to movies from an enjoyment of like style and direction above most things, Mm. honestly. Like, that's like a really primary thing for me. Mm. So, like, the whole time of Panic Room, I was marveling at how much someone was saying, how much Fincher was saying with the material. But I guess I feel like he was saying a lot about not that much. Like, I will probably always pick substance. But think about, like, a Hitchcock film. You know what I mean? Just in the context of a Hitchcock film, like a rear window or something, like, yes, there are things to take away from rear window, but at its primary level, it's like a thrilling story about, like, a small Yeah, but I think by the same token, I would pick a movie, like, I'm trying to think of a movie from the year that's more substance, less, like, even, like, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or something, like, that is more interesting But style is substance. Yeah, style is substance, but not... There's the got to be of, exceptions for you, Meg. There would where, definitely like, the, be the exceptions. Way that the movie, yeah, definitely. the way that the movie comes out builds more of an emotional like resonance and builds more meaning for you than anything that the plot is about. Oh, definitely, but not in this case. Like, um, yeah. maybe with some like Sophia Coppola, like maybe with like The Beguiled or something like that, I would feel more like moved by the style. Like that's a like kind of enough over the narrativity but Mm. not here like it's room for me it's more about what it's trying to say and how it does it Mm. um I just don't know Mm. how much panic room's trying to say as much as I I'm so like impressed by David Fincher even you know a lot of the things that I like I'm like this could be in another movie and done really well too like you know that the following along I could see this being in more of like an actual like a prison setting or like a jail or I don't Mm. know some like jailbreak movie I could see that working well too mm. so it doesn't no way I don't know I guess yeah that's that's just me though I'm picking I am picking room interesting I is. definitely think Noah to make your decision more difficult mm. I definitely think panic room does the job it sets out to do better like I know room is a huge critical success and got best picture By that and panic room is kind of a ourselves. movie that you would <laughs> yeah panic room is kind of a movie you would like watch on tv maybe or you know find as a dvd on like your aunt's shelf or something <laughs> like or like on a, at a holiday house they would have on dvd yeah whereas room definitely got more attention i reckon or like mm. has maybe more enduring attention but like yeah i think panic room is the most cinematic film and room for me just works so much better in text um yeah but like there was something on this watch something i appreciated about room that i hadn't thought about when i read the book was this like extended metaphor of like, I guess it's in Panic Room as well. It's like any movie with a domestic space, like of the house and the physical room, how it represents the people in it. Mm. And in these movies, both being about like a mom and their child, the room being kind of more specifically like about like birth or parenthood or something where it's like in room, Mm. she has such a beautiful Mm. intimate relationship with her son but you have to let your kid out. You can't be pregnant forever. <laughs> like they have to, yeah, you know, have to at some point you can't be the only one that in their life. You have to let and go, it's like yeah. the pain and the necessity of like letting a kid out into the insecurity, but also like the experience of the outside world and stuff. And like that, that was really beautiful in room and was, did not come across as much in panic room being about like an yeah, invasion of this or anything. space or something. Yeah. 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 Well, it doesn't even feel like her space yet. Like yeah. She equally feels as scared yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's sort of so a neutral space a little bit. Is your yeah. vote for Panic Room? Panic Room. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Damn. There you go. See, I'm actually quite surprised myself here because I think I was going to say Room, but I think my I, – I feel like my enjoyment of Room really is just that, like what it thematically is dealing with and like what it's talking about is fundamentally interesting to but me. And less so what it does. More yeah. so what it But like when I actually think sense. about it, I'm more interested to rewatch Panic Room. Like mm. as like a thriller and like as I love me some like very efficient, simple storytelling, like tense storytelling. And I think especially with the central thesis of Twin Peaks being like which one does its job better, the craftsmanship of it. Just so far out. It feels like a vision fully realized. Realized. 
Yeah, I get that. I do get all that. And yeah. only this director could make it look like that, I yeah, think. Yeah, it couldn't yeah, be anyone, anyone else. Yeah, I think else really You're not would, watching I think this movie and thinking someone else made it. It's such a privilege to watch someone, like, fully elevate the material. Like, I'm just thinking about when yeah. they're first breaking into the house and the camera first starts yeah. really, like, Tracking. doing what it does, where, like, it swoops through the house. And, like, you never see, like, anyone else would have shot a break-in from outside and it's like, oh, the camera, like, literally, even if we're looking at the street outside, it's always from inside the house. Hmm. If the camera's showing someone, like, even just if we're talking about movies about a room, like, that sense of claustrophobia, it's such an interesting way to approach a claustrophobic story. I heard story. you, you oh, changed God. it the second I, This time. is getting, so I don't know what's going Claustrophobic, Darren. I think it's such an interesting approach to do a claustrophobic story using like filmography that's so like broad and sweeping and smooth and like mm. what a weird polarity it's very cool so i will actually go with panic room Aww. very weird i really am a loser today. meg you never lose you never, I lose. never, lose. never in the minority you like to back a winning horse. never i go with the flow baby you that's do. me that's okay <laughs> I, i'm happy to die on this hill there you go the room hill this is the hill eliza I'll and i will on. be panicking away i'll be running up that hill well, let's cool. check on, uh, let's leave the room and go into the attic and check on our triplet that's living up there. Um, also, I th- someone's, someone's kicking the table. It's me. I'm a bad boy. Cut it out. I'm bad. I gotta stop. <laughs> now it's time for Triplet in the Attic, the part of the show where each of us has to pick a weird, rejected third piece of media that is a perfect pairing with today's twin picks. So, uh, Eliza, as you are the one trapped in the room, as you are the one who has been going through. Yay. This experience of isolation and solitude. (laughs) Do you want to tell us what your triplet is? Yeah, man. My triplet is going to be the very hotel I'm staying in, the Radisson Blue in Sydney, 27 O'Connell Street. Um, (laughs) It's just like, I I don't think it's the the best hotel in Sydney or anything, but they've taken good care of me and like they've, (laughs) they've housed me for two weeks. I feel like I have to recommend them and just say, you know, they've done a good Thanks, job. Guys. They've done right by That's me. Like really they've kept sweet. me sane, you know. Not how, bad. How, My room has a bath. Sweet. It's pretty good. Aww. Oh, that does good sound Good for you, Eliza. Yeah, That's so nice. Um, who do you think, who would you rather have as our little triplet in the attic up there? Would you rather have, like, Kristen Stewart and Jody, or would you rather have Jacob Tremblay and Brie Larson? Oh, do I want to be stuck with a little kid? I don't know Even why we've got them cute. up there, but why? You oh. don't want to be stuck with the diabetic. She's eating all the sweet food. Oh, that's true. And I'd rather be with no Bree than Jody. Okay. Yeah. But I think I'd rather be with Kristen than Jacob. Yeah. Controversial. How about you, Liz? Um, I think it seems more stressful to have Brie Larson and her kid there. Like they need to be on their own. They need to. They need to sort out their own shit. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to. Probably right about that. Make it so really I'm thinking it would be better to have Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Good choice. I agree. Good stuff. A very wholesome pick. We love Meg. Okay, I am going to pick a movie by a foreign pedophile who we should not be paying money to see his films because he's awful. <laughs> so you should all watch this illegally. But you're recommending it so people will pay I'm money to see But I'm going to recommend watch the movie okay. but watch it knowing that I don't think that you should do it to his benefit. So we should you should all go and watch Carnage the 2011 mm. film by Roman Polanski. <laughs> but it also stars Jodie Foster and it is also set in one room. But there is no <laughs> extrinsic forces keeping them in the room. It is all their interiors, so their neurotic personalities and the conflict of um, it's two couples, four characters, Christoph Waltz and Jodie Foster, John C. Riley and Kate Winslet, and they have to meet to discuss the fact that their two sons have had like a little tiff at school, but then it becomes this full blown conflict. It's very like he hit him with a stick or something. Didn't yeah, he? he hit him with a stick, but right. you never meet the kid. Like yeah. it's it's all very who's afraid of Virginia Woolf kind of like 
neurotic stuck in the house. We just want to get out of here, but we can't. Because we have um, to keep talking, yeah. Very much ado about nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I really recommend the movie. I really fucking don't recommend Roman Polanski. I I really strongly do not think that you should watch this movie by paying for it um, because he's awful, but this movie's good. So, yeah, yeah that's my that feeling. That's a good movie. Love that. So my Triple in the Attic is a movie that I remember when I saw it being like, okay, that's one of the more disturbing things I've ever seen that takes the idea of being trapped in a room and it like being used (laughs) as a means to torture your mind to an extreme. I am, of course, talking about Park Chan-wook's Old Boy from 2003 which is a neo-noir revenge film. Not Spike Lee's uh, old boy. This film has the... Wow. M- Normie. <laughs> this movie has the most complex, fucked up revenge plan you will ever see in anything, I reckon. Like, the movie... St- I'm not going to give anything away, but it starts with this man, Odesu. He's, like, hanging out. He's really drunk. He's missed his daughter's fourth birthday party. And... He gets kidnapped and wakes up in a room. He's in a sealed hotel room and he there's a little TV and for 15 years he just exists in this room, watches the world go by on TV and is fed <laughs> food. And then it's just him for 15 years. And then this is still the first like 30 minutes of the movie. Literally, he's been chipping away at the wall. Literally, the day, like, as he's finally breaking through, he gets released. And the movie is him trying to figure out who the fuck did this to him, why they are so hell-bent on destroying him. And, um, look, all I can say is the answer he finds out, he probably was going to wish he just let it go. It's grim. Oh, my God, I have to watch this. I feel really compelled. I I am so tempted. You sold that. That was a really good recommendation. It's a really good idea for a movie. There is... Like, <laughs> there's one word I can say and you'd be like, oh, my God, it's fucked. It's 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 mm. a grim. Like, what what the guy who's committing revenge on him for, the reasoning of it is truly chilling. And it also really started that trend in action movies of having, like, single-shot action fights. Sequences take place in, like, a the hallway that everything does now. Yeah. The, like, side-scrolling thing. Platform. Yeah, it's like the OG action of that. Scene. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, I think, like, that claustrophobia in the, at the start is really chilling. And you're like, yeah, that would actually, like, destroy your brain. Your brain would rot. And yeah. if you don't like animal cruelty, it can be a really difficult movie to watch with the scenes of the actual actor eating a live octopus, which they filmed three times. So he ate three live octopi while they were clawing at his face and trying not to get eaten. <laughs> and he just munches down. That's it. Well, Damn. I have to say all these movies about being trapped. I'm excited for you to be freed. Oh, one of us should have made our triple in the attic trapped. Yeah, I thought Elias was going to, honestly. You have been trapped in the trapped tower. Ever after. Trapped. How Poor do you feel? unfortunate Eliza. You're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, it's um, okay, I guess. It's a little bit boring. <laughs> I don't mind it too much. How do you feel about being trapped in the trapped tower until the day you die? Um, a little bit sad. It's a bit sad, but I'm really confident that I, I gave my, my all name. in the golden ball challenge when I put my hands in the wall so i think it's gonna be all right guys for the listeners i'm trapped just like a tv show in the show notes that's so funny trapped is just like a tv show on like abc3 and it's like these british kids have to do all these challenges and there's like a narrator who like speaks all like spooky and the kids just dances they're like i had a really good time actually it was really fun and then, like, and you're, the trick, you're gonna die in here. And, and they like, do a little pouty okay. fa- face at the end of the outro. They like, wave like, at the camera. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, now I'm gonna go watch Trapped. Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Um, if you haven't yet, it really helps us out if you leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts and also just like share the word, spread it around if you enjoy the episode tell a friend about it um yeah we're really keen and we're really keen to hear from you about what you thought of today you know we had a uh it wasn't a unanimous decision this week so i'm interested to see what the um the poll Mm. says uh and if you want to get in contact with us about 
your uh, recommendations for what we could do or your thoughts on the episode, you can do so at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, check us out on the socials as well. Next week, we're not, the panic is less based in, um, you know, being trapped in a single location and more about the heavy competition of uh, stage mothers and pushing your children into the spotlight. With, Which is just as much torture as what the people It's kind of the same thing, today. really. Exactly. <laughs> so this is two uh, mockumentaries yeah. about, yeah, you know, young women, the acti- like, you know, activities that we thrust young women into in Australia and America respectively with pageants and dance schools. The Australian mockumentary Razzle Dazzle and the American mockumentary Drop Dead Gorgeous. A really fun one, actually. I'm excited. They're they're both very underappreciated films. It's going to be a good one. Really Mm. keen for it. Anything else, guys? Eliza, you can do it. No, is the next episode going to be in person? I reckon we can quote Razzle Dazzle probably. Oh, yeah. Well, I should mention I watched it last night, so I'm set. Yes! I can't wait. I cannot believe how good that movie is. Like, I'm so excited to talk about it. (laughs) Um, Eliza, next time... We talk, we'll all be in the same person, in the same place. I know. And I have to say, like, this episode, doing this has made me really appreciate quarantine. Like, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to have a little kid in here. I don't have to have a diabetic <laughs> Christian Stewart's in here. I'm just by myself and I'm going to appreciate it until I can see you guys. Doing just Aww, fine. We're so excited, Eliza. We're proud of you and we're, proud we're looking of forward you. to seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Au revoir, everybody. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for listening as well. We'll see you around. <laughs> bye, guys. Yahoo. Bye. Bye.